Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 75. I am your host, Greg Troxell. Welcome to a beautiful, beautiful edition of Coming Home Newcastle's greatest podcast in the history of the world. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And to join me into listening to and talking in Coming Home Newcastle's best podcast in the history of the world, I have you, the best damn co-host in the history of the world, Elijah Newsom. Yes, and I just want the people to know, as you guys know, I'm from Atlanta, so I'm not a Phillies fan, but Greg and I just shared a special moment together. As I listened and he watched, Bryce Harper hit a walk-off grand slam against the Cubs, and wow, what electric, just absolutely electric. What scenes that was. Wow, Greg, wow. I mean, and I'm surprised that you left out the fact that you called it. I did call it. I I was trying to be humble. I was trying to be humble. I did tweet out that I called it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's all the segue to the fact that I tweeted it out that I said, I said, I called that Bryce Harper walk off Grand Slam ask at NUFC underscore Greg. And the only way you can see that is if you follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsom. See how I plugged both of our Twitters there? That was crazy. That was crazy. Someone should pay us. Everyone. Sponsors. Find us. They've found us. (laughs) LinkedIn. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have a jam-packed podcast for you. We're going to be talking about some news. Uh, some things happened, and yeah. we'll we'll get we'll get right into that, and then we will transition into a preview against Premier League newcomers Norwich. So let's dive right into it, Elijah. The first piece of business mm. is theAthletic.com. Oh, making moves for five bucks a month. If you don't have the athletic, like, I don't even know why I'm saying that because I don't have the athletic, but like, oh I just know gosh. it's great. You have to. It's honestly. just one of those things where I knew the athletic was a good idea, and my whole stance was like, I'll get the athletic when I have a full time job. And I have a full time job. And best believe when that first paycheck comes in, first thing I'm doing is subscribing to the athletic because it is just, I don't know, if you love sports and you love journalism, it's like, a perfect marriage of just all the best journalists and now coaches or managers. Yes. All on one site. The Athletic announced that they are they have Rafa Benitez as a columnist for the Athletic.com. And he released his first one. And and for people that haven't seen it yet or, or aren't aware, and especially for our US listeners, if you already subscribe to the Athletic and you you can get on Athletic UK, and don't, you don't have to pay anything extra. You just make Newcastle your your team, and those articles will appear. And especially Rafa's one, you can read for free. So, well, because you've already paid, you now read for free. <laughs> um, it's also like five bucks a month or something. Yeah, like that. I don't yeah, even know. sixty bucks. It's a super year. cheap. Yeah, they bill it annually, so you just do a one time charge for sixty or a monthly fee, which is a little bit more. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's honestly it's it's really good. And people complain that like why should I pay if I can get it for free? And like these people don't work for free. So like if you want yeah. if you want these amazing articles to keep coming and this awesome access that they give you, then you got to people have to pay for it or it's just going to go away. And, and to so. be fair, like they're like. I mean, and at the athletic as a whole, it's one of those things where, um, like, there's so much good content written it's that on, it's, it's impossible to get it all for free. Yeah, it's honestly, like, it's like when you get it, you'll understand why it's paid, why there's yeah, a paywall. Like, you will so, completely like, understand. I mean, the access that yeah, they like, get is un, is unmatched. Like, even with SB Nation sites, like, it's really cool, actually, the SB Nation sites. They'll report on stuff written by guys who write for the athletic, and, like, they'll give you a little bit of a teaser. But they won't ever tell you the full article and like the full and there's just like I don't know it's so cool like yeah I've I've seen the behind the paywall and I know what I'm getting into and I'm just ready yeah I'm ready to make that that sixty dollar purchase oh, so yeah. anyway that's not the point the point is Rafa joined the athletic and what does that even mean for us Greg well, what does that mean well, it it means two things one that Rafa joined the athletic and he wrote an awesome yeah. article which we're about to go into but two I have a little teaser for the people. There is something that's going to happen between the Athletic UK and this podcast, CHN Radio. So stay tuned. Also, I just want to <laughs> point out, someone else uh, announced that they were resigning. Who was it? George Calkin. Um Yeah, he's definitely joining the Athletic I, as well. I think I think there's a good chance of that. Um, I said that in the Slack. And and the I, just, way, I totally the way forgot to says, bring that up. So when, when someone joins the Athletic, what they usually do is they say, I'm leaving my current position, more news about my future soon, and then they launch their new position with The Athletic with like a pretty stunning article. It's like mm-hmm. the greatest thing. I, I wait for it happily every time, and that's yeah. what I think is happening. But, um, so stay tuned for that, but also stay they tuned also, for... Also another telltale sign is journalists who are friends with them who like know, they won't ever say like, oh, best of luck to like whatever. They just kind of just act like the person's still going to be covering whatever they covered. Yeah, and you can and also just, look at that journalist's yeah. recent retweets. And kind of figure anyway. Out but either way, there's something that's happening between The Athletic UK and your very own CHN Radio. So check it. You'll, you'll know it will happen in the next episode. And if you follow us on Twitter, you'll find out soon. We're unionizing. <laughs> we are not. Shout um, out to Barstool for just... That was wow. great. Yeah. Actually, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's like a very American thing. But anyway. So so Rafa wrote this article. and that, Let's actually get into it. Um, he started it with, wherever you go, go with all of your heart. And it hmm. was, it's a Confucius quote, Chinese philosopher and politician. And Not true. he wanted to essentially start his journey with the athletic by responding to Lee Charlie's quotes about how Mike Ashley's, well, and and Lee Charlie's in the program, and, and Rafa specifically mentioned this, the program comments. He said, "Oh yeah, that thing." Yeah. Uh, he says, "I after that meeting, I knew it would not come back with a serious offer, and when it arrived 19 days later, it was for the same salary as three years earlier and with less control over signings." Charlie's comments in the program about having a deal agreed for Jolinton in February explains a lot that I couldn't understand at that time. And then he also referenced to Charlie's uh, Charlie's comments about leaving for money. So essentially, he it's a clapback, 
like a 100% clap back on Lee Charnley and Newcastle United about how they're completely wrong. And he breaks down the entire idea, like him, why he left, what he did, like why he went to China, everything. And it's like they kind of did a tell-all with him earlier. This is completely new content. Um, it's pretty cool stuff, and we highly recommend you read it and you subscribe to The Athletic. But yeah, in, to not give it all away, let's just do our own thoughts. Elijah, what what do you think about reading this beautiful piece written by the fabulous, beautiful Rafa? I think it, it's, it's one of those things where um, I think people forget, one, Rafa had a blog, and people forget that Rafa's like actually a very solid writer. And so just reading that was just like, it flowed so well. And obviously you have editors, especially when you're at, at The Athletic, like all of their content is at such a premium that like pretty much no, ma- no matter what you see on The Athletic, it's going to be good. But then again, The Athletic usually only hires very good writers. So all that to say, it was also just just overall well-written piece by Rafa. Um, I all, my, my biggest takeaway, honestly, was just like the fact that I don't understand the the uh, the goal of the Ashley regime here because this is the second time, it, not even the second time, this is like the third or fourth time in the past couple of years where like they say something to negative to negatively like uh, like put create a negative stigma over someone or kind of make themselves look good and like the person responds and everyone takes their side where it's like at some point Mike Ashley and Lee Charling should just shut up and tell the truth like don't make up these lies about you know rafa and all this stuff because eventually the truth will come to light like you're going to look like a better man if you just say hey we didn't want to pay rafa um more and we didn't see eye to eye on certain things that would look way better than you making up some bs about how rafa was priced out and always wanted to go to china blah 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 so i i don't know i think that that was my biggest takeaway was like i think ashley and charlie need to take PR lessons from someone not named, uh, what's his name? Dennis Wise, maybe? Who is the uh, guy? Who, part KB, of it. Keith Bishop. Yeah. Keith Bishop. Yeah. KBA. KBA. Yep. Take PR lessons from literally anyone else because, like, them lying just makes them look even worse. Definitely. Um, and I'll leave this with how Rafa ended the article. I'll just read a quick little excerpt from it. Um, he said, The new players will have to make the difference if they want to finish better than 10th. But they will need and they will have support from the fans, even if they are not happy with how things have been done, because they know the club is bigger than anyone. They have to be united. Newcastle United. On Sunday morning, I switched on my television in Dalian, I guess, and and there was a documentary about Alan Shearer being shown. Can you believe that? It's true. I saw the joy of of faces of Newcastle fans after every goal. I didn't need the reminder because I was there so recently. There with all my heart, but it made me think again about the history and potential, and it made me consider something else. What would an 18-year-old Newcastle supporter think about his club now? Best wishes from China, Rafa. I mean, that is insane. He literally just called out. Like, that is the most powerful thing that he said, because he just called out the ownership so hard in that. said, what would an 18-year-old Newcastle supporter think about his club now? Damn, Rafa, let's go. Got me hyped. Yes. That's like a very strong statement from Rafa without actually calling Mike Ashley an imbecile or way other worse things. That's also strong. Also pointing out that Rafa believes that this team is like 
solid enough. Like Rafa did say been... he said this team is good enough to survive. He said Yeah. Which in that gives me a lot of hope. Like based on pure town alone, which is cool because like he really doesn't have to say that. But it also just kind of is the whole what do journalists even know kind of scenario where it's like journalists get so much shit wrong all the time. Um that it's just like Yeah, and at so- and at some I, point, someone's got to call them out. Yeah, it, which is fair, but at the same time, the club doesn't give them much to work off of. But yeah, I'd rather than be honest and not well, speculate and lie. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying, like, in terms of all the journalists picking us, I was really more referring to all the journalists picking us to get, like, relegated or finished last because they're just like, oh, they look at the team on paper and they're like, oh, this team's not very good. Mm-hmm. And Rafa himself is literally like, no, me, expert manager who's won multiple leagues. I'll tell you, this team is good enough to win in the Premier League uh, and and survive, um, which I just thought that was a breath of fresh air and gave me a little bit of optimism going into this this next match. Yeah, definitely. Um, Next bit of news is we got drawn with Leicester City in the League Cup, which could be interesting. Mm. I don't think it will happen, but I really hope that Ayazu Perez plays against us. And if if Steve Bruce is really being true to his word that he's going to go for it, then I imagine that he's going to put together a pretty strong squad for it. But that match will be played on Wednesday, August 28th. Next Wednesday? Yeah. No, wait, two Wednesdays from now. Yeah, that. Two Wednesdays that. from now, yeah. <laughs> in, in 13 days from this recording. In 13 days. Yeah. <laughs> um, any comments there? Um, if I was a Perez plays, he'll score. I mean... He's only going to score three goals this season, yeah. or score in three matches this season. Uh, this match, and then the two matches he plays against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, probably. I just, I really hope that he, like, I wish him the best, but I also just want him to have a really bad season. Just to, just because there was all those people that are like, well, Iose Perez left. Mainly journalists who don't watch the club. Iose Perez left, so, you know, he was their leading goal scorer, and they didn't replace him. Uh, with someone who has 11 goals in the Premier League, so they're obviously going to get relegated. And I just want them to just see that Iose Perez is not very good. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I hope it's on a national spotlight. That's all. Yeah, and we we honestly, moving on here, we should have just done this immediately after our first thing, now thinking about it, but uh, Lee, Lee Charnley clapped back at Rafa since that article. And it proved to me one thing. Lee Charnley's dumb. He's, he's yeah, it's, he's, he's not very smart. So let me let me just unprompted. You know those Twitter accounts, unprompted football? Or no, that's not. it's not called unprompted. It's um, – do you know what I'm talking about? Where they just no. show a clip and it's like, oh, my gosh. Out of context football, that's what it is. Oh, out of context. Yeah, yeah so I'm yeah. just going to read these quotes raw. He said, what we have said – is it is about priorities. There's a pot of money. Where is the greater need? At time, it's on the field. It's not unreasonable. The pot of money can only go so far. You go and spend it on the training ground, it means there's less spent on the team. Spend it on the academy, there's less to spend on the team. Spend too much on wages, there's less to spend on the team. That doesn't mean we don't spend in these areas, because we do. But our view has been, at this point in time, the priority is what goes onto the field. He then said, Our pitches are very good. Our gym is perfectly adequate and functional. Do we have a swimming pool or water facilities? No. Would we like to have it at some point? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Uh, anytime you describe something as perfectly adequate, that's not good. <laughs> yes, thank that's you. Like, that's like, <laughs> that's just like the number one way to just be like, be like, okay, we're okay with average. Uh there's there's a team in this league that has seven pools in their practice facility. They also they it? won the Premier League last year, oh. <laughs> but they they have. Oh, seven you mean pools. Liverpool? No. <laughs> The Liverpool fans act like they won the league last year. Jesus I mean, Christ. they won Europe, so that's true. <laughs> they yeah. have something to but against anyway. an injured Tottenham team, but we're not going to talk mean, about they that. They would have beaten them healthy. Let's be honest. Oh, okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, so he's just an idiot. Charlie's an idiot. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like, dumb. And what you, <laughs> we can go back. We really should have done these back to back. But um, we hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, when you were saying like Charlie and. Ashley need better PR advice. Like this is the example. Like oh, yeah. Rafa puts this beautifully written piece about Newcastle and correcting all the things that they said, and they just clap, clap back and say, "Like no, no, no. Like our money's fine." Blah blah blah. It's like shut up. Like you've been proven like, wrong so many times. You've admitted to lying. Like just let it go. I just like how some of the facility improvements would would cost. I'd say to improve the facilities in Newcastle. And bring them up to standard. You could put less than ten million into that. You you could put as low as three million into it, and it's better. Yeah, but in that's terms of like, one less Fabian share. But yeah, and that's my point is that like it's not like Lee Charnley's like it's not we're asking him to put forty million pounds into it and replace Joel Linton. We're literally asking him to not buy Jacob Murphy or not buy um, who else has been a bust. Uh, not buy. Uh, Jesus Gomez like just like and it and it's one of those things where it's like I would get it if Newcastle were spending 80 million pounds and bringing loads of players but like until this transfer window we weren't so it's just it doesn't make any sense like why couldn't you spend 8 million last January not the January not this past January but last January where we brought in Islam Salani on loan where like you literally only brought in some loan players like what where where was the money then um it's just Ah, I just hate when anyone in the Astro regime opens their mouth, and I don't know. It just makes me mad. Yeah, um, it does. So let's move on now. Where's Saint Gucci Max? He wasn't in training. Yeah, and uh, freaking Burnsy. That I only wanted to put this on there because I think Burnsy has had at least two hundred tweets this week about where is Saint Gucci like where is Alan Saint Maxman. He's been tweeting that under every single picture of anyone's ever posted in training. Anytime someone mentions Newcastle, he goes, Oh, Alan Saint Maxman wasn't in training. I just wanted to point out it's not a big deal. Who cares? He's probably healthy. He might be dealing with some sort of family emergency. I don't think it's a big deal. And even if it's not even if it is a big deal, it's not like he starts because Steve Bruce plays a three five two so yeah it's definitely like there's two ways that you can look at it unprompted one of them is that he has some issues with temperament and professionalism um the other is that he just needed a day rest so whatever extreme you want to get onto Hop on, ride it out. We're I love the know, uh, so. the issues with temperament, and then people would be mad that the Chronicle didn't pick that up. They're like, "Why didn't you talk about how bad Saint Maximin was in terms of his temper and 
relationships with managers yeah. and they'll be like we wrote about this in may <laughs> that's like their response to everything is we wrote about this in may or we wrote about this in april yeah well um next bet is newcastle united midfielder jack colback is shocked by steve bruce's 25-man newcastle premier league squad omission here is our shocked reaction to be fair to be fair, he was at a point leading Newcastle in minutes played in the preseason. Yeah, they were seeing if they should leave him in the squad, and they chose after the most minutes. That is probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gave him a shot. I said that he could be this like <laughs> saving grace for Newcastle midfield, but it actually turns out Steve Bruce would rather play Matt Ritchie as a holding midfielder oh. than play Jack Colback. I Jack Colback <laughs> against Arsenal would absolutely probably be worse than Matt Ritchie. <laughs> I feel like that's something that we we have to like we haven't talked about. It's just like Steve Bruce would rather play players out of position <laughs> than name Jack Colback to the squad. Yeah. But uh and other Henri Saive in training, uh yeah. hopefully getting fit to get sold. Yeah. Alcroft the... Lazar looks like he's trying to get sold. He's in Italy, I believe, right now. He's, so uh, how many times has he been to Italy? He's been in Italy for a while. Or at, it's a at vacation. least a couple times. Yeah. It's a hundred percent vacation. Um <laughs> he's not going to negotiate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, that transfer window is still open for another two weeks. So mm. uh, they can either go to another continent, or they can go to League One or League Two, or yeah, like or anywhere outside of England besides League One and League Two. All right, moving on from this segment, I do have a bold prediction about Akraf Lazar, and then we can get into the next bit of news. Um, my bold prediction about Akraf Lazar is that Barcelona are going to miss out on 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 acquiring Neymar and then put all those funds towards Alcroft Lazar. Alcroft Lazar will be making 16 and a half million playing for Barcelona next season. Yeah. You can book it. Go ahead and bet on that. Yeah. I love it. Um, no reaction, really. Next thing is you need to go to our website. It's mm. coming home nufc.com. The reason being is really coming home newcastle.com. But well, if, if you type in comingnufc.com, I don't know if that'll get you there. Um, I'm, I'll try it right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that does work, but I could be wrong. Well, this is great podcasting right now. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't work. Confirmed. Damn. But it will bring you to coming a search page that will that will then redirect you to comingnewcastle.com. Yeah. Comingnewcastle.com. It is. That's the answer. And yep. the question is, have you read what the Newcastle fan base could learn from Rafa Benitez by Merzer Usman Big? I forgot okay. there's a, I forgot there's a th- third name there. Um you, but no, seriously, you really need to read it. It's incredible. Yeah. Merzer's got three really good articles on the site right now, and we gotta give him a shout out. You hear his name from time to time because he often, he and I often get into little arguments on Slack, and I bring them up in the podcast because I know he doesn't listen to it. So, but in reality, like watch this be the one that Mercer listens to. But in reality, uh, Mercer's written three really just excellent pieces uh, on the site. One's the five things we learned from Arsenal, uh, which is always great to see his perspective. Um, my personal favorite is the why Steve Bruce should deviate from his preferred 3-5-2. Mirza breaks down why the 3-5-2 doesn't work. 
Um, it's actually like really great analysis. And then why you know switching to a four three three or three four three would work. And um, feel free to leave a comment. There's a fan who left a comment talking about uh, how he wants how he prefers the four three three. Um, and then, Greg, you want to talk a little bit more about the what the Newcastle fan base could learn from Rafa article Merzer put? Yeah, put out? well, first off, you, it's completely free and, like, almost timeless to sign up and create an account, which you can comment. And then yeah. we will we'll actually respond to you. Like, the people that write the articles can see the comments and respond. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a good, it's I, a good. I like, respond to any article, any comment left on any article I write, I respond to it. Yeah, um, so it, it's... I don't. The same thing as the athletic. Like I don't want to spoil it because I want people to go check it out and read it because it's it's worth your time. But it's essentially taking the article from the athletic, comparing it to things that Mike Ashley said, and creating a point. <laughs> um, it's it's honestly it's it's a great article. It's probably probably one of the best that we've ever put on this website <laughs> yeah there there's a there's a few that are like really good there's some there's one greg wrote last season going into the season that was like up there graham's written some really good stuff i'm not going to toot my own horn but there's been some stuff i've written but this is oh, definitely, definitely either you or mirza <laughs> thank you thank yeah. you yeah no greg i'm on all seriousness that that piece you wrote about like um, I, that was the beginning of last season when you wrote that like kind of piece. It was. I'm not delicious. sure which one it is, but I'm sure it was like a nice. kind of like just a a fan like getting ready, kind of hype up for the Premier League season. You were talking. Oh about, like, yeah, because we just well, got yeah. promoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that was yeah that was two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it was very good. <laughs> um, but that's not the point. The point is, this is like easily those three articles are like top ten articles you'll probably read this week. Um, it's com- it's content with substance, which is more than we can say about some of the other uh, Newcastle articles you may be reading on the internet as of now. Yeah. For cool. sure. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get into Norwich now. Um, but before that, we have a little message from our friends. Okay. Match day two in the Premier League. We're here. We're going to Norwich City, what all Newcastle fans have always dreamed of. Uh, and we're taking on Norwich again for the first time in the Premier League in what? This will be four years in the Prem? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but three years because, yeah, something we're not going to talk yeah. about. All right, so there's a lot to uncover with this one, and this is actually going to be an interesting match. But... Um, we didn't play them last year, so it's going to be tough to tough to figure out what they're going to do. All we have is their three four to one loss to Liverpool to go off of. So let's which start. is expected. So. Yeah, um, let's start with our lineup predictions. Elijah. So some injury news to to go up with first. Kristoff uh, Zimmerman for Norwich is out. Lewis Thompson's out, Alexander Teddy's out, Tim Close is out, and Ibrahim Amadou is doubtful because he he was just okay. signed. Uh, it looks like looks like he still may not be in this squad um, yet. So that's good. <laughs> um, Onil Hernandez is apparently pushing to make the starting eleven for Norwich, but. Um, I, but it's, it remains to be seen what, what that's going to look like. 
So for Newcastle, obviously Yedlin's out, Lejeune's out, Gale's out, Atsu's out. Shelby, I'm not sure with his knock, and who knows what's going to happen with Jack Colback. Um, but oh, Lazar, don't forget him. He's yeah, out. He's Lazar, in on vacation. Saive. Right <laughs> um, but okay, so but Tim Bertarfa, he's out as well. Give us your lineup predictions for this match for Newcastle. Um, I do want to point out uh, for Norwich that we'll see two former Geordies starting, uh, Grant Hanley and Tim Krull. Yes. So uh, shout out to them. Well, um, there's actually there's speculation that Tim Krull might not be starting. Really? Yeah, they might put in Farnon because of Krull, mate. Krull didn't look good. But at the same time... I mean, he didn't look good, but it's like it's hard to look good against Liverpool. Yes. Like even in the Tottenham Liverpool final, but there's Hugo Lloris speculation on Norwich's Twitter that Cruel might not be playing. So that's all I'm gonna go off of. I don't have insider info or anything. He will be in Newcastle. Well, no, he won't be in Newcastle. He'll be at. He'll be on the training ground. We can confirm. Yeah. Um. So Newcastle. If this okay, so here's so here's my thoughts on this. So. There's, um, there's, I think there's two camps within the Chronicle itself. I've seen both. There's some people on the Chronicle, some journalists in general, that do think that that think Steve Bruce is married to the three five two, and that's that. And there are some journalists that do believe Newcastle could at some point incorporate a front three. When that could happen, who knows? Um, I think it's kind of without saying. Steve Bruce, even though he claims he's a pioneer in the five in the back or three in the back formation type system um there is uh there is a possibility that he could switch to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 um just because uh he recognizes he has the personnel now also something to consider steve bruce himself um this was interesting kind of flew under the radar um but steve like the chronicle did write up something and and basically admitted that steve bruce said that he changed formations um, during that, during the last like 15 minutes of the uh, Arsenal match, um, which did lead to a front three, so that's why we saw Miguel Almiron seemingly playing somewhat out of position because he was asked to actually be in a front three of what you could say is probably a three-four-three. Three, um, I'd imagine with Matt Ritchie and um, Isaac Hayden being in the midfield. Um, but that, all that to say, I do think Newcastle run with their uh, 5-3-2 again, and it, and it could potentially shift to a 3-4-3 or something like that if St. Maxman subbed on again or St. Gucci Max. Yeah. Um, I Actually, think we go with the exact just, same lineup. Just to interrupt just quickly, I think this podcast... I mean, podcast, that's all I'd say. Oh, okay. I think this podcast should now call this formation a 5-3-2 because let's be honest. But in, until further notice, obviously Arsenal was it was more of a five three two. Norwich it could be a three five two, but we we'll call it for for how we think it will be. But just know, people, it's the same thing. Just Wait, what did I say? Setup. You said a five three two, which I agree with. Okay, yeah, because I just assumed that's the, what it is. The left backs or the, the wing backs are going to be in a more defensive position than in the midfield. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, hey, we might see Jetro Willems start. So I wouldn't say, oh, so we'll go back five, Willems, uh, Dummett, LaSalle, Cher. Um, I don't have a lot of faith that Yedlin will start. I'm going to say Mankio with the midfield three. Um, now, what, what's interesting is if 
if Shelby's knock is a little bit more serious than we think it is, which is possible because John Joe Shelby does get injured, um, we could see two in the midfield and then three up top with St. Maximin, Almiron, and Joel Linton. But for now, I do think it's going to be the same midfield three with St. Maximin. Oh, sorry, with uh, Almiron and Joel Linton um, up top. So, Greg, do you have any sort of additions to that? Or do you think that I got it completely spot on and that I'm the GOAT at predicting uh, – <laughs> <laughs> the lineups. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. Okay, I am okay. going to change it. Actually. Oh. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm gonna do something weird. Um, and I, I really am thinking that this might happen. So this isn't me just being weird, partially, but not 100. percent I think Newcastle is going in a four-three-three. Okay. I, think, I mean, I think what. Yeah. I think Steve Bruce has a huge challenge, and that is finding a way for St. Gucci Max and the Paraguayan Protractor to be on the field at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, I think... it's a challenge, but anyone with a brain knows <laughs> yes. that like that's what has to happen. Yes. But to Steve Bruce, it's a challenge because it's like he's, <laughs> his footballing brain isn't to that level yet. Yes, exactly. It's like he he recognized it too late. He's like he he started he started like thirty minutes thirty minutes into the last match. He's like, wait, oh, this guy should be playing. Duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I I really do think I have a feeling that and like you were saying, like he's not married to the five three two three five two. I I think that he might try a four three three here. It. And it's a perfect game in a way. It's a road match against a recently promoted side. They're going to be very eager and like and prone to mistakes, especially on the back line with how awful Grant Hanley has been playing, if he even plays Grant Hanley. He got minus two fantasy points. Yeah, and, uh, he got a 4. I didn't even know that was possible. Who scored also. <laughs> yeah. Um, Again, uh, everyone, everyone rates these newly promoted sides like – so well until they realize that none none of them ever make an effort to get proven Premier League defenders or proven defenders at all, and like that's their downfall every single time. Yeah. You could buy whatever attacking player you want, but if your defense sucks, there's literally no point. And, and like, the problem is, I mean, their starting two center backs are out, and their new signing yeah. is probably not going to play yet because he's. It's new. true. So I mean, he may play, but he's going to be. It, he's even going to be rusty because he doesn't know their form, their shape. There's a lot of things that he might be missing out on. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good good shout. Either way, I mean, I think one of us will be right, right? I think. It's, yeah, I mean, it's true. I, think, it, it's either, I think it's going to go either or. It's like because if if you look at it, this is like you said, this is the match to experiment and try new things. Now, if if, if the next match was Man City away, then I don't think you say we go four through. No, three. that I mean, would be a, a ten o o. Well, oh, oh, well. To be fair, you don't know it's Steve Bruce. It could be <laughs> Steve Bruce might be like, oh, we're playing Man City. Yeah, calculated loss. Let's go with the four three three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I'd be excited to see the four three three. I think everyone wants to see all three of these players, meaning Joel and Toon, uh, Miguel Admiron, and Saint Gucci Max, all on the field at the same time. You mean the um, Paraguayan protractor, Miguel Almiron? Well, you know, I'd like saying Miguel Admiron because that's how, uh, that's how like. Every uh, ESPN commentator not from America says his name or from England. So mm. it's just fun to say like that, um, saying it properly. But anyway, uh, that being said, I just hope that Newcastle play exciting football yeah. and score Hopefully. some goals. 
Um, yeah. Okay, so let's do some some match play here. What is what will it take for Newcastle United to win this match, Elijah? So I got two things. One is feed the beast. Um, Joel and Tune, I think everyone and their mother all came away from the first match with a kind of underrated sort of thing that was brushed underneath the rug of like Joel Linton, as great as his movement was and as great as he kind of looked sometimes, um, he didn't get enough service. Um, and that's partially because uh, I think a lot of fans were expecting him to get ball swung into him, and that's just not what happened. Um, and, like, I don't want to give away Merza's article, but Merza literally breaks down exactly why you didn't see a lot of guys getting in crosses into Joel Linton um, where he could, you know, feast on these and at least knock them down and have a shot or head them down. So read that article, please. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but I think that's so important. And, and Steve Bruce mentioned it. Um, getting Joel Linton some service is is going to be of the utmost importance. And it's doable considering the opposition. you got to take advantage of the fact that Norwich, like you said, without their starting two center backs, playing Grant Hanley, playing without new signings, just a weak back line in general, young fullbacks, you know, guys are going to be prone to error. you got to take advantage of that and give him as many opportunities as possible. And the second thing I would say is it kind of sounds obvious, um, it's like an obvious thing, but when you think about it, it's super necessary, and that's score goals. What Newcastle need to do is is really, and I, I'm very much in this boat of like, the sooner Miguel Amiron or St. Or Maximin or um, Joel Linton score, the better, because you need their confidence up in order to get them through the season. You don't want these guys to wait until um, the second half of the season to start scoring goals or having the confidence to score goals. You want them to have that confidence already now, especially because they're all very talented players and they all like have the ability to do well in the Premier League. They just need that confidence. Um, and scoring their first goals in a Premier League match would definitely do that. And so I think that's important is that we need a win. And of course, the best way to win, in my opinion, is with a Miguel Almiron goal or a, a St. Gucci Max goal. Yeah, uh, I think, well, you have to call the home run goal. Like, you just have to. <laughs> I mean, you know I am. Yeah. Um, so, the, my biggest concern from the last match was just the spacing of Joel mm-hmm. Tune and the protractor. Um, so, it, assuming, that, I think that's the key here. Uh, so, I, I, I'd imagine that Newcastle is going to be way more attacking in, in this of game. Of course. So, I think having the, no the link-up play... Need it, the spacing when they don't have the ball is going to be vital because in order for Almiron to do what he do, does best, you you can't be so far away that the only way he can get the ball to you is if he pings it to you because he's not going to do that. He's looking for through yeah. balls, you cutting across space, diagonal runs to the box like that, but w- within fifteen yards, like that's where he wants. Yeah, to. Um, and that's the type of player he is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was something that's interesting, and that we're getting into MLS stuff. But I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that we deviate to that sometimes. One of the biggest int- differences between watching Miguel Almiron and his replacement Pitti Martinez is that Pitti Martinez looks to play these like dynamic, over the top, cross field switch through balls, and that's just like not Miguel's game. And so it's just interesting to see how different they are. Miguel is definitely going to be a guy who he wants you to run with him on the break, and he's going to play a good ball to you in stride. And so you need a good amount of spacing, like Greg's saying, um, in order to to make these balls possible. If you're just standing around kind of too close to him, there's nothing he can really do. And if you're standing way too far away from him, he's not going to try to give you a delicious cross-field switch through ball. He wants you to be running with him, and uh, he'll ping a little something over the top for you. Yeah. 
No, for for sure. It's definitely that's that's going to be key for me. If if they get their spacing down and their their connection together, then yeah, I, that's that's what it will take. Because mm. we saw enough from Jolentun that that he he's going to be a, make be a difference maker in some matches this year. I thought in the first game we saw a good bit of him that I was like, wow, like he's he could be some player if he keeps developing. He's so young yeah. still. And similar to Rondon, where it was like you saw you saw how like how important he was on the field. You were just waiting for the moment for people to put it all together, yeah. which was why like the second half of the season, especially the last ten or so games, yeah. were so like rejuvenating because it was like literally you saw this culmination of all the great things Rondon was doing all season, and him getting rewarded for it. And I think Jolinton's in the same boat where he's doing a lot of great. And it's just like, all right, we got to reward him for doing that and, and play to his strengths and, and really find a way to get him the ball at his feet. Yeah. Because if he gets the ball at his feet, I mean, he's bound to at least put something on target at a minimum. And for I'm sure. guessing he's probably going to score. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so l- let's talk about Norwich a little bit. Some some players to watch out for. Uh, a little bit what to expect on their style of play, too. So they'll probably line up in a 4-2-3-1. Um, and... Players to watch out is Pookie, my dude. Pookie. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty dynamic player, and he showed that a lot. And so did uh, Buendia. Is it Buendia? Am I pronouncing that right? Probably. Yeah, I, mean, I only know I only know how to say Almiro with a nice Buendia, accent. He yeah, he's he's a good player. Yo, he was actually really good against Liverpool. He he was their best player. Um, yeah. So the one thing. So those two players, I think, are, are going to be key for our defense to look out for. The the thing that Norwich did a lot of against Liverpool in me me watching this match, I noticed that they're literally on the edge of offsides at all times. So, mm-hmm. and I think they had, oh man, I remember seeing the stat like it was the it was the most offsides calls in a Premier League match in like two and a half years or something, which is like Jeez. significant. They were like they were offsides all the time, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they if they continue to do that because eventually one of it's going to hit, but it's also mm-hmm. a dangerous game because of VAR now. Um, yeah, it might not be the best way to play now, but don't tell Norwich that. Um, yeah, they're very aggressive offensively, and they beat Liverpool once, and they had a lot of good chances against them, which is scary to me. And it, they all started from Emiliano Buendia, and he got the assist yeah. in the goal too. Yeah. Um, Buendia, he he's good. Um, I mean, and, and and just in addition, you did mention Tim Krul might not play. So just Ralph Fairman, who I just that's a player to watch out for, just simply because he's going to have something to prove. I think he's going to have a good match in goal. But in terms of like just pure watching out for him, he's also the backup keeper. So he hasn't been. He it, it's you want to take advantage of a backup keeper whenever you can. And Furman's no, he's no joke, but still, like I said, backup keeper. So that's just one to watch because, you know, every mistake he makes is going to be under a microscope. And you have to imagine Newcastle attackers are going to be waiting for him to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that, but it's so true because he, this is his opportunity to take that spot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, look for those three. So Timu, Puki. Yeah. Uh, Emiliano. And, yeah, and I thought of that because of uh, I watched right. the Schalke. Their their like backup goalkeeper was like maybe nineteen or twenty, and he took the spot, the starting spot from their captain. 
uh, who was like 36, 30, 30, maybe 30 years old. And like the same thing happened where like they, the opposition were trying to like target him and expose him because he was a backup and he's like super young. But he held his own and then turned out to have like a really solid season. So it's like it could go one of two ways for Fairman. And I think every backup knows that like when they get that opportunity to start, like yeah. you got to bring your A game. So he could be making some outstanding saves, saves but it, he could also be making a bunch of just – boneheaded mistakes due to him trying to do too much hopefully hopefully that's Mm, hopefully (laughs) it's the latter of course all right so going to some stats for you um i don't really have a ton of stats yeah because we don't really play yeah so i'm going to move to 538 the good old 538 if we have some og listeners from last season um 538 wait i might have a stat okay go ahead yeah let's see um Let's see. This is Norwich City oh yeah, here we go. have scored in their last five home matches. So this is a home match for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've yeah, scored three goals in their the last championship. So it's like it's true. It's true. But just saying. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. That's, that's, <laughs> okay. I was looking. I was. I was looking at FotMob to see if there's anything interesting. And they don't even have any like interesting things between the two teams. It's just, like all their stats are like Norwich were good in the championship. So. <laughs> well, I will say this one. So I was gonna go to five thirty eight, but I actually looked over the one stat I had, which was Norwich are undefeated in their last six home matches against Newcastle. Huh. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> That's not I good. I would prefer but... that not to be the case. Also, just random just is like before we get into predictions. Christian Atsu's list is injured on Fat Mob, so uh, we gotta check that in. That's, check that out. That's and, definitely not true. Yeah, he's left hamstring injury. Hamstring injury should be should, back in training, is what it says. Also, they also say oh, wait, actually, John Joe Shelby's John Joe Shelby's doubtful. Yeah, I think it's because he just got a knock. Actually, you're right on Atsu. He does have a hamstring injury because he picked it up on the international break. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's I totally why, forgot about that. Yeah, so you're right, but John Joe. I, I don't think. And even Bruce came out and said that he's not concerned about John Joe long-term. Okay. I Yeah, okay. Let's go. Let's so do predictions. To 538, uh, which is a stats-based website, they predict the future <laughs> of what's going to happen. Yeah. So right now, their bottom three teams, their relegated teams, are Sheffield United, Norwich, and Aston Villa. They have... Which were my. So I'm yeah, basically literally as smart all as a the computer. teams that have that were promoted last year are, are 538's predictions to be relegated. So they have Sheffield finishing with 37 points, Norwich 38, Aston Villa 38. They have us finishing in a beautiful 14th place with 43 points. So only five points clear of the drop, which is they're calling for a pretty, pretty close finish here. Um, but as far as our match goes with Norwich, 538 is favorably – to Norwich. They said Norwich has a 39% chance to win against Newcastle, a 33% chance that Newcastle wins, and a 28% chance of a draw. So that is 538. Statistical breakdown of what they think mm. is going to happen. There's like yeah. additional metrics, but I don't want to bore you with yeah. that. It's, like, it, it's just based on adjusted goals, shot-based expected goals, and non-shot expected goals. That's their biggest contributors to the statistic category. There we go. I've nerded out. Um, 
So my, I'll start with my prediction, then you, you can okay. clean up. So mine is, it's not going to be loved by the people. There's one thing for sure: Newcastle will dominate any aerial duel that happens. Yeah, will that's dominate. a given. Um, but I'm really concerned of the chances that Norwich had at Liverpool in their first match. It really concerned me, especially with the side that Norwich put out versus what the side that Liverpool put out. Um, so I think the fact that they played great football against Liverpool and that we didn't really create many chances um, and we have a new new manager, a new system that we're still getting used to, new signings that haven't even been here a month yet. Um, I, a week in some cases. Yeah. Well, two I'm weeks. going with final score of Norwich to Newcastle 1. All right. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 in the opposite direction for this reason. Um, I just, I, I have way more faith in Newcastle's back line. Because um, if you look at back line alone, I think Newcastle have one of the best defenses in Premier League. And obviously I'm biased. But if you look at the facts and you look at the fact that, like, in terms of last season, in terms of, like, you know, goal differential, again, outside of the top six and expected goals against, all that crap, you, any stats you look at, Newcastle have a very solid defense. Um and so I'm not too worried about the frequency of chances. I would be a way more worried if I was a Norwich fan because, like like you said, they're playing with backups in terms of uh, in terms of their defense, and the backups haven't played well. If you're looking at just player ratings from their last match, I mean, no one on their back line got above a six. I mean, I think it was like 5.7, 5.3, 4.9 Grant Hanley, which I've never even seen a 4.9. Uh, he had an own goal, and then there was like a 5.7, I think. Yeah. So I just, like, their back line has just not had the best start. And that was something that even in the championship, their back line wasn't really good. So I'm banking on Newcastle being able to create a little bit more chances. But, again, it does come down to um, how do we create more opportunities for our number nine. Um, and if Newcastle fail to do that again, they could find themselves in a draw. I don't see us losing I'd see at a worse a 1-1 draw, but my prediction is a 2-1 win. There we go. I would love it. I would absolutely love it, Elijah Newcastle. Of course. Bruce. I think we all would. Yes. Except for the except for the the anti-Bruce people who are no, just going to be negative no regardless. No fan base we don't... needs a win more than Newcastle right now. <laughs> yeah. We really need a win. Well, maybe Bolton Wanderers. Those oh, guys. come on. Don't, All right. don't, they, <laughs> they didn't have a, to go. Sorry. Actually, uh, yeah, okay, I'll just say it. Um, I New, Bolton, really cool story there because they started, their entire starting 11 were all players made up from Bolton. Like, they're from there. And they're, the yeah. average, the captain was 18 years old of the team they threw out. It was like, it was a really cool story. Like, if you're going to put out a team, it's a team that gets paid almost nothing, and they're all from there. Like that's like prideful. So shout out oh, to yeah. them. Really cool. That's really like cool. that's like essentially putting out Gateshead. Yeah. Like if, if yeah. Newcastle just put out Gateshead's lineup yeah. one day. Um. Yeah. So I, I hope I hope they come back. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. Them and Bury too. It sucks that that happens. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go to questions. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then hop off to our question be right back hello elijah hmm. could you can you tell that i've been drinking whiskey this entire time 
I mean, I knew that already. I'm pretty sure the listeners have caught on to that. I've been drinking whiskey like I just finished my second glass. Um, had a little Buffalo Trace tonight. Oh, cool. a little, a little PT. That's a good one. Now, I, had to, I had some Elijah Craig, then some Buffalo Trace. Elijah Craig. Honestly, I was just trying to figure out which one I like better. And you don't have I like to. them the, both. The, the beautiful same. thing about whiskey is, yeah, like you said, just Seth, you can enjoy it all at the same time. <laughs> Again, let us know if you want a podcast about alcohol. Greg and I will just make it happen. Yeah, and we we'll talk about beers. We'll talk about whiskey. whiskey podcast all day long. We'll talk about, I'll tell you guys story, embarrassing stories of when I was drunk, that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll make it happen. Well, that's a pretty interesting segue that you, I, I think, unknowingly had. No, oh, it was knowing. Oh, no, it was no, knowingly. Give, give me some credit. Because we give did get a credit. question. Mm. And it is from the official questionnaire of Coming Home Newcastle Radio. Trevor Mooney, at Trevor Mooney 12. Follow him. And the question is, Elijah, sorry to be cruel, spelled K-R-U-L. Of course. But you asked for it. What's your mm. worst story involving bourbon that made you pookie? Oh, man. Okay, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> uh, it sounds like you have one right away. Yeah, so I'd like, I've got I'd one like queued up. Go, go for it here. Okay, so um, so my first time ever drinking bourbon um, was last year. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm 22, and I started drinking when I was 21. So obviously my first time drinking bourbon was last year um, with one of my best friends in Auburn, uh, shout out to Auburn, Alabama, which is not a place you really want to visit, I guess. It's kind of cool, but, I mean, it's still a college town. Um, and so he was like, hey, I'm into bourbon now. Um, here, this is the bourbon I get. Super cheap. Very, It's like solid for the price, especially, called Old Forester, which, you know, if you drink bourbon or you drink whiskey, probably heard of it. It's, you know, just a solid little cheap brand you can get. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So he has me try it, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is this is delicious. It sips well. Um, and and he to didn't go really without give me saying, any... it, for my bourbon reference, Old Forester is one, not only the most one of the most affordable whiskeys, but it's actually one of the best straight all product whiskeys that you could actually buy. All of their products yeah, it's, are it's like good. literally top notch. Go on. Yeah, it's it's very good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, like if if a place has Old For- Forester, like make them like if you do a drink that has whiskey in it or any sort of like just use Old Forester. Like they probably have it, and they probably will use like Maker's Mark or some something like that. Just make them use Old Forester. Anyway, that's not the point. So I'm drinking this bourbon for the first time, and so no one's giving me any instructions about how, on how to drink it. So it's just me. Him and my roommate. I, at that point, I'd had probably about seven or so beers. We're a little tipsy, a little, little probably drunk at that point. Um, and so I'm drinking it, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, this is cool. And so I finished the glass, and he's like not even halfway through his, his, his glass. And so I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, all right, I'll pour you some more. So he pours me some Maker's Mark. And so I drink that because, like, in my brain, I'm just drinking it, you know, not thinking that there's some sort of pace you need to go in order to drink brown liquor of any sort. And so I'm just drinking it, like drinking it like it's apple juice. I'm just throwing it down. So we get to like my third glass. and I'm like, all right, this is cool. And like, he's like, all right, let's finish the bottle. So glass four, midway through glass four, I start drinking. He goes, hey, you're drinking this stuff kind of fast. You're already on like your fourth glass. I'm like, well, I mean, you told me 
you, t you brought this point up after my fourth glass, so that seems stupid. And so midway through the fourth glass, I just walk over to the sink and just puke everywhere, just all nice. through the sink. And it was just like, wow, that happened. And so that was my first ever experience with bourbon. And then after that, I just continued to drink it and buy more. But I learned my mistake. So that was that. Um, there was also the time that Greg bought like two shots of Maker's Mark for himself and then buy me a shot um, at the uh, Toon Army meetup. To be fair, he offered, but I said no. So I guess that's my fault. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Where did that go? There we go. Yeah. Mine is a beautiful moment. It was, if you know anything about college football in the U.S., you know mm. about the University of Georgia and the University of Florida. And yes. They play a neutral site game every year in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm. And Where Blake Bortles frequents. Uh, not anymore. Well, no, he's, he's still there. Like, he was there, like, before he signed with the Rams, he was just there at Beach Bar. Oh, well, then, yeah. <laughs> like, he just, li he just, like, he's just, like, the ultimate just beach Blake. bum. Blake Bortles. <laughs> what a guy. Um, so, Florida had dominated this rivalry. They were, like, 11-2 and two or some mm -hmm. odd, like, ridiculous number. And they only play once a year. So, they were dominated. Yeah. And good buddy of mine... By the name of Richard Samuel was the starting running back for Georgia that year. He was at my wedding. Good dude. Shout out Richard. No. Oh, okay. Um, Humble black brag. He it's definitely a name drop. He yeah. he took <laughs> over and absolutely dominated Florida by himself. And it was Georgia's mm. it was Georgia's first win in four years against Florida. But I mean, only winning two games in almost a decade and a half was pretty bad. And that night <laughs> It was. I don't even. I don't even know the bourbon that we were drinking because it was in a bag, and <laughs> I drank such a large portion of it that I was in the second deck of a motel outside of it, puking over the railing onto the onto the parking lot. Um, that's essentially my story. I was drinking. I've always wanted to get rid of liquids off the top of like a balcony. Oh yeah, I, I've I was. Nev I've never done that. Somebody was in the bathroom, and I was trying to run out and run down, and I, I just knew I wasn't going to make it, so I just leaned over. Um, yeah, so that was it. I was literally there was people pouring whiskey in plastic grocery bags. This was like, I mean, this is it. We were in St. Augustine, Florida, after the game. It was mm. outrageous. St. Augustine's a dope little city, it's too. It's really like cool. A nice little beach. I like it. Yeah. They, if you haven't been, They probably go ahead. hated us that weekend. A lot of Georgia well, fans yeah. went there after after the game for some reason. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, quite the experience. And uh, I'd do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Good good question, Trevor. Um, that was a great I, question. I hope you haven't had too many pookies recently. Mm. I, I have a question for you, Greg. Yeah. Um, if you were given the option of playing a winger at midfield or a center back at striker, what would you choose? Center back at striker, Fabian Chair. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, I, 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 I said that and I was like, he's going to just say Fabian Chair. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. All right. Well, that that ended our question segment. Yeah. I thought it was going to incite a little bit more discussion, but it, it really didn't. So no. uh, we'll just we'll move try, on. We'll try it next time. <laughs> yeah, next time we'll we'll try again. All right. Do you have anything else, Elijah? <laughs> um, shout out to Atlanta United for winning the Campionas Cup, which is literally 
and like someone tweeted this and it's so true the campionis cup was something that literally no mls fan cared about until after atlanta united won it well there's a small pocket of us me included that cared about it it, it was just you it was just you there you probably five there's five there's five of five yeah. five MLS fans cared, um, but for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, the the MLS and Liga Emeki, in order to make money, really uh, started a new championship where they the champions of each league play each other, and so and obviously it's not super well thought out because like we're I think we're in they're in their preseason we're like at almost at the end of our season, so it I mean anytime we play any. Liga Mekki team, it never works out because the seasons are weird. But essentially, they made this cup, and both teams took it really seriously, um, which is the goal. And it was a really fun match, and Atlanta United came out on top. Um, so shout-out to them. Shout-out to all the boys. Um, Greg, do you have anything to add? Shout-out to the Philadelphia Union for being in first place. Oh, damn it. I knew you were going to say that. Um, damn. No, that's it. That concludes episode 75, Elijah, of CHN Jeez. Radio. <laughs> We're old woman now. <laughs> um, stay tuned. That's crazy that we're going to get to like over 100. Like literally probably before, but maybe like by December. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I have to. I'm not sure, but it's going to be close. But um, yeah, that concludes episode 75. Stay tuned because we have. We're going to be having a beautiful announcement with the athletic. Something involved with the athletic. Uh, mm. coming up here soon on Twitter. Um, but until then, it's a, been a pleasure potting with y'all. I hope you loved listening. And I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is a new song called Coming Home Newcastle. Whoa. Enjoy it. And hoy the lads. I may as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home.
myself If you never win the cup again I'll pray for darkness in James's Park At the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale 